Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we've got a new prompt from a patron who's never submitted before. But before we get to that prompt, we want to remind everyone that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to follow us on social media, we're over on YouTube, where you got to do all the YouTube stuff to feed the algorithm. Uh, You can you subscribe and do the bell and all that stuff, comment, all that fun stuff. We're also on Twitter at Let's World Build. We also have a Discord if you would rather come and chat with us more directly. Or, you know, I, well, no, that's it. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> or if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always go to our Patreon where you can give us money. And in return, you will get sweet, sweet goodies that only patrons get. For example, you get access to Too Hot for Broadcast, the bits and bobs that never make the podcast for, oh, all sorts of spicy reasons. You also have access to the Aphid Lounge, our monthly asterisk podcast that is for patrons only, among other things, including two parts for each prompt that you send us. So if any of that interests you, or if you just want to say thanks for all the podcasting you do, go to our Patreon at your leisure, and just give us money. With all of that out of the way, it's time to dive right into today's prompt. Coming to us from our patron, Johnny Law. Their first prompt, and I I can't help but feel like this is a targeted attack at literally mm-hmm. and every one of us. Yeah. Uh, here is the prompt. The world is basically a terrarium controlled by higher beings. All needs are eventually met, yet conflict still arises out of sheer boredom or happenstance. Tenet number one, the protagonists of this world are a proud people, short yet stout, that have a deep connection to the earth. Number two, there are dinosaurs in this world clad in feathers. And number three, advanced life has developed a bit differently than we would understand it and doesn't rely on a vascular system. So again, we are dealing with this war crime of a prompt. Uh, let's see. Uh, considering how much blood we've had, Courtney, I feel like mm-hmm. you must be somewhat sated. So why don't you start us off with our <laughs> bloodless life forms here? What do you got for us? Yeah. Um, since that you know vascular system tenet from the prompt seemed pretty directed at me, uh, I wanted to address how the advanced life works. And um, they don't have blood because whether through divine intervention or alien genetics falling from the sky or whatever, they evolved directly from the earth and from plants. So Mm. there could be subgroups, like maybe certain regions have these uh, totally not dwarves that are tree-like, while others might be vines or crystals or any number of things. Uh, But whatever the case, they have a very strong connection with the earth, as the prompt said. And and obviously this is a metaphorical connection, right? They're not rooted into the ground. Uh, No, I I wouldn't say so. Though I do feel like, I do feel like when they die, perhaps they become one Mm. with the earth again. Well, I mean, it is a terrarium, right? So I I imagine that like, that's kind of required of the setup, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to say terrarium uh, metaphorically. (laughs) Oh, of course. Yeah, Yeah. of course, Daniel. So, so that sounds like a great segue, (laughs) Daniel. Uh, why don't you hit us with your metaphor that you're going with? What's your first tenet, sir? What do you got for us? 
Um, I was going to say that I have a tenant that aligns with what Courtney was saying, but it's very specific. Um, but I'll save that one for later. But the tenant I was going to introduce is that the beings that control this terrarium are within it or part of it. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, so when we're talking about terrarium, you're you're thinking metaphorically, correct? Yes, so far. Okay, so far. So far. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. What I wanted to avoid is, um, you know, when you have the whole aliens outside of some kind of test project, kind of like Men in Black, the globe, the little what is the mm-hmm. globe marbles at the end. Um, you end up having like the locus of the story taking place in the globe and it's pointless mm. to have aliens on the outside. So I thought let's put them inside. So that way it's mm-hmm. all part of the same scope of the story. Interesting. Okay. This, this feels very Illuminati esque already, you know, where there's like, um, machinery going on in the background. And, um, speaking of mysteries surrounding the Illuminati, one thing that I was really, uh, I don't know. I don't know why my brain went here, but I really want a good portion of this prompt or some some faction within the prompt itself. Basically, I want to focus on a detective agency within this particular realm, whether it be a major part or a slightly less major part. That's fine. But that's where my brain goes, because I want to talk about mystery stuff. And uh, yeah, I want a major player in the game to be a detective agency you know what it is i think it's because boredom and happenstance like i feel people are like making their own little stage plays of mysteries to (laughs) solve for themselves but you know we can kind of we can kind of go in into that later uh so courtney bring us back around to your second tenet what have you got for us uh yeah this one was inspired by the plain gia rpg setting always back we had uh justin alexander and david somerville on to discuss that setting and one of the things I thought was cool about it was these like very simple, very direct limitations on the world. Like yeah. I think one was um, there were any numbers above 10, 9 or 10. Like that was the cutoff. Mm-hmm. You couldn't count higher than that. Uh, so for for mine, I'm going to say there is no fire in this world or fire is forbidden somehow. Oh, boy. OK. <laughs> oh, how does how does that work with technology? Though? OK. No. OK. OK. <laughs> That that is that's an interesting thing that we've got going on here, Daniel. What is your remarkably specific tenet that you've been holding back on? What have you got for us? Um, the protagonists and mushroom people. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that yeah, is, yeah that's yeah. like not as specific as I was expecting it to be. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. No, that's perfect. It aligns very well with uh, my first one. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Daniel, quick question: How damp are these mushroom people that we're talking about here? Like. On a moisture level, right? On the moistometer, what are we looking at? I don't like mushrooms, so I have no idea. I, to me, mushrooms are slightly <laughs> disgusting, but the ones I've seen outside are pretty... <laughs> if they have dew on them, they're wet, but otherwise they seem to be rather dry. <laughs> <laughs> Today I have learned Daniel's entire understanding of mushrooms, and it's amazing. What drove me to choose choose mushrooms is because they're life forms that are not vascular. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like they're among the only types of plants that don't have vascular systems. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I didn't. Most, really most plants have vascular systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're if you're talking about a connection to the earth as well, and they're mushroom people, then yeah, there are deep underground like spore webs of like mushrooms and stuff like that. So 
you can make it both metaphorical and literal if you wanted to. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. Moss are also um, not vascular. Hmm? Moths? Moss. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, moss. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you said moths or moss. So, okay. <laughs> I just want to clarify here because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure moths have a vascular system, but that's fine. Um, all right. So we've got mushroom people. We've got no fire. We've got a detective agency. And then, my, oh, I suppose I should go with my second tenant. Yeah, my second tenant is um, I want there to be competing technologies. One is uh, like basically akin to a steam engine train. And the other is dino power a la like the Flintstones. So, so yeah, I want like dueling techs here because I want dinosaur world, but I also want, I don't know why I, again, my, my brain is just like, I'm, I'm rebelling against this prompt a little bit. Cause it's like, uh, like, Oh, fuck me. Fuck you. I'm going to make trains and detective agencies in it. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm being an agent of chaos this time, which I'm, I'm happy to embrace at this point, but that's what I got going. I want some trains. I want some dinosaur people like the Flintstones. Uh, yeah. So I suppose the inherent question that we have, right? What's the tension in this world? What's the conflict that we're looking at here? You know, like, because if it's made out of boredom or happenstance, what's the purpose, right? Like, where is the conflict actually happen? Where's the stakes? I I don't know. I kind of want to like go back and, and go over the tenets more because we kind of breeze through those pretty fast and like flesh that out more. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's, let's answer the questions that we need answered, right? Like, where do we want to start? Where do you want to start, Courtney? What tenant do you want to pay more attention to? Um, I feel like the fire one definitely has a lot of implications, uh, especially like I'm sort of, I think, confused about your second one about like train slash technology slash dinos sure no no there there are two major competing technologies right so the like imagine a tech tree right you're looking at a fork one is dino powered and the other is wait i just realized so does this mean that the the dinosaurs don't have vascular systems either no because well i think it does like advanced life as in like Mm -hmm. the Uh. the kind of conscious beings are so what I'm, that... what I'm hearing is that blood sacrifice is still on the table for Courtney. That's what I'm understanding right now. Um, but okay. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. to, to kind of answer that question, right? Good, good to know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, to answer that question, I'm looking at a tech tree. On the left-hand side, there's Dinotech. On the right-hand side, there's what we would probably consider more traditional technology or like steam engine trains and stuff like that. And uh, I wanted to have what is effectively like a rivalry between the two or like something that delineates or or causes friction between those two factions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yes. Which I think I agree with you, Courtney, like your tenant complicates a lot. Like the firelessness mm-hmm. of the world does in fact complicate things in a really interesting way. So I think of this because right now, None of our tenants overlap except for mushrooms and the plant life. I know we're, we're, we're a bit all over the place and I'm, I'm digging that because it means that we have a lot of creative freedom to fill in the gaps between those holes. You know, I mean, a thought I have is, um, 
if this space, let's imagine this terrarium is like a lost world or some kind of enclosed uh, mm-hmm. vegetable environment. Um, and you said there's competing technologies. I could imagine the technology from within this world, which is without fire, um, versus the technology of those who are outside who have come in. So, for example, if you had like a journey to the center of the earth kind of situation, yeah, you might have like explorers or something who are outside this environment coming in with their technology versus the ones inside. And then you'd be able to have a division between beings that are inside who have their own sort of life versus um, these interlopers and Um, beings inside being rooted mm -hmm. to this world. Now, the prompt says that the people who are in charge of this thing are not vascular, right? So it's wording mm-hmm. to that extent. Or it's um, advanced life has developed differently and doesn't rely okay. on the vascular system. So we could take that to mean that if this is like a closed kind of during center of the earth civilization, that the advanced life in it are the mushroom ones who are not vascular. Mm-hmm. And there's descendants or adjacent species that, that are not conscious. Maybe those are the dinosaurs. Um, yeah, yeah. But that would, I think that could bring all, almost all of our things together. Daniel, that's a fucking brilliant idea. I love the idea that we're dealing with a hollow earth situation, effectively, yeah. right? Because, like, it gives us some flexibility in interpreting terrarium, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea that, like, we're all we're doing is just digging down into the into the world, literally. And this is what we see. And then if we if we use that as kind of like a, a jumping off point, like a launch pad, then yeah, you can have that delineation, which would square why there's dino tech. We have dinotopia, right? Mixed mm-hmm. with like more steampunkish or or um uh traditional steam power technology. Like that would create reason for the delineation. And then on top of that, I mean, like, instead of like a detective agency why not have it be like a league of explorers as the kind of like agency that I had in mind, uh, which I'm also totally cool shifting. No, exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. I forgot about your agency. I mean, that, that makes sense for it to be the group entering essentially. Yeah. 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 Um, and realistically what we can also do is just say that their roots are in like a detective agency, kind of like the Pinkertons, right? Like the yeah. Pinkertons used to be detectives until yeah. they were bodyguards and brutes and, you know, all sorts of, general assholishness right it could be it could be a detective surrounded by many hired to help him in this expedition too oh that's interesting yeah oh oh, okay hold on if that's the case if that's the case this gives me the rare opportunity to bring in a columbo reference uh so i i just want to point out that if we have a detective i would love that detective to model after my beloved lieutenant columbo if of course (laughs) i mean he's your detective yeah, which, which, by the way, by the way, this is my this is my annual reminder that if you have not watched Columbo, you should go watch Columbo because it's an amazing series. And I, I swear there's going to be like uh, an aphid lounge that's just Columbo one day. I know that we had one that was partially Columbo, but still rant over want to want to bring it back to the world building. Daniel, that's a brilliant idea. I love our little hollow earth world that is like journey to the center of the earth. I love everything about that. That's brilliant. Um, so I'm curious too, Daniel, about your idea that the higher beings are kind of in the world itself and like they don't exist, you know, floating out in space or whatever. Um, do they actively interact with their their people or are they very hands off? Are they seen from afar? 
I mean, in my head, for some reason, I'm getting if I if we're going with a vibe of like uh, some kind of detective group traveling into this world, right? And the people in control of this world are the ones within it. I'm I'm picturing these little savage mushroom people, you know, that live in some temple or something, and they're just mm-hmm. not very nice, you know. But they're the <laughs> ones that are actually in charge of the situation because they're literally oh, rooted to the earth, you know. Yeah. And I imagine however they operate doesn't require fire or energy that we understand, mm-hmm. so it's different. Like you're saying. Or so you're saying that like the mushroom people are the higher beings? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought maybe it would be the people coming in, but then it's that's too easy, right? Like maybe maybe they created this space, the mushroom people, they grew it, and then people coming in are exploring it. Interesting. Because I had interpreted higher beings as like gods. Yeah, me too, me too. But I thought, oh. like, you know, let's get away from that, right? Like, okay. Maybe, maybe okay. the mushroom people will view themselves as gods. I don't know. But I, I'm picturing mm. little stout mushroom people <laughs> being little things. That's so interesting. When I when I read Higher Beings, my brain did not necessarily go to gods. I was thinking, mm. like, higher evolutionary beings, right? Yeah. Like, not gods, yeah. but, like, yeah. cognitive sense. Yeah. Right, also, right, guys, right. I need to interrupt one more time for another Columbo reference. Because if we're dealing with mushroom people, I'm imagining a mushroom detective saying just one spore thing. And uh, it was haunting my terrible, dumb brain, and I needed to get uh, it out into the world and create that evil so I can just live a normal life. So, so anyway, yeah, let, let's rein it back in. Let's rein me back in, and we can focus a little bit more on uh, what what's next, I suppose, right? Because we've got – do we need to settle the tension between the higher beings right now and, like, the explorers, or is that something that – we can kind of watch uh, organically grow. Literally because they're mushrooms. Yes, um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. Courtney, that's exactly correct. Yeah. So like, are you, I guess I'm still stuck on like the higher beings being kind of the protagonist slash uh, people living in this hollow world. Oh, right. So the protagonist, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that means the perspective is probably from them, isn't it? Oh, so yeah. does that mean that the League of Explorers are like an invading force then? Is that what Yeah, they're definitely yeah. definitely yeah. coming in from the outside. Um, I guess we could also do like the mushroom people as the higher beings and then like some other form as the protagonists. Like I talked about other plant beings or like earth creatures, like crystals. Yeah. And so on. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. It could be, yeah. Maybe, maybe the, the mushroom people are more like the ones in the temple and the kingdom. And they're kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. even one island that exists in our world that has these people that live there that you can't approach them because they'll kill you. Yeah. Like they could be like that, but there's other life forms that live that are descended from the mushroom people. And th- those are your people yeah. that created, you know? Oh yeah. Maybe it's like the, the mushroom spores have spread all over this, uh, yeah. thing. And like, they have given the consciousness to the uh, other protagonist groups, and yeah. they've also like infiltrated into the different like earth parts of the world, so that like that's how the mushroom people control it, sort of remotely as like a hive kind of thing. I mean, you could you could then expand them. You could take one of if they've if they've kind of evolved as their own little separate group descended from the mushroom people, right? Mm-hmm. I could imagine perhaps some of them actually left the terrarium. And gone into the real world. And mm. perhaps that's what kicks up the lead of the detective finding one, or maybe there's some sort of encounter and they decide to venture back um, as a way to lead you into the terrarium, into the story. Yeah, like they find some sort of like spore life on the surface and mm-hmm. follow it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or it could be a full person. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. And it's sick and dying because it's it's not in its environment, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it just giving me like a weird mixture between like E.T. and uh, Annihilation for some reason, you know, like in terms of the sick person getting brought back or like, you know, using the sick. Oh, maybe maybe the sick person is kind of like the guide or like they need to get back into the terrarium. So it's kind of like a survival thing for them, something like that. And they're just being used as a map or a guide effectively. I'm also definitely getting uh, vibes of The Expanse, which I started watching recently. I've heard that's very good, by the way. It's, yeah, it was actually uh, this patron's suggestion. And I finally started watching it. And it is very... There are certain things that I didn't like initially, but it's it's grown on me a lot. And mm-hmm. the plot gets really, really interesting. I hear uh, it's very anti-capitalist as well. So, you know, I'm in. Oh, yeah. there's There's a whole lot about... Yeah, space yeah. capitalism and yeah, it's mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> is is the expanse is that the one that was like it was supposed to be a role playing game or like a video game and like they use the Bible and they're just like fuck it, I'm gonna write a book about it's it. A novel. It's like a a long series of novels that was turned into the show. Right, but the initial concept was, or the impetus of the novel series was like, hey, this is supposed to be a video game MMO setting or something like that, and then it got canceled. And so they had all these like reams and reams of pages and they're like, fuck it, I'm going to write a novel series around it. Um, I, I, is that The Expanse or is that something else that I'm thinking of? I don't think so. Know. How old is the novel? The novel's old, right? I don't, uh, think, I don't think The Expanse is that old, is it? 2011 was the first oh, it's not that old. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's old to some, Daniel, but certainly not to us. Let's see. It's part of a novel to go back to 20. Let's see. It goes back to 2011. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, oh, I thought you said literally, 20, literally what Courtney said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I heard twenty twenty one in my head. Um, oh no, oh, no. no, that's no, no. that that's still that's really old. There's no way it could have been a video game in twenty eleven. It would have been shitty, right? <laughs> yeah, well, when do you think video games started? Oh yeah, actually, yeah. So uh, someone began developing the world as the setting for an MMO RPG. There we go. Yeah, and then for a TTRPG, and then. They said, fuck it, and uh, made the book series. Then, yeah, I guess so. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's so sorry. Yeah. As a TTRPG, then? So it's initially as a setting for an MMO and for then MMO. for a TTRPG. And then uh, somebody suggested that given the depth of the setting, it could serve as a basis for actual novels. Interesting. I just feel vindicated right now because I'm glad that my dumb brain remembered that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we got a podcast to do, I suppose, right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, where do we want to go next, I suppose, is the, is the question. What are the unresolved questions that we need to really dig into here? I still feel like there's um, a little bit surrounding the kind of split between the the protagonist, micated people, and like the outside people. Maybe we should Maybe we should start there. Maybe like start starting there. When we say that the mushroom people are the higher beings. Are we suggesting that the people who are coming in from the outside are not mushroom people? Are they a different sentient species? Where is our brain going when we think about that? I didn't picture them as mushroom people. I picture them as human or something else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we get, so we can have like a fun little anti-colonialist, anti-imperialist messaging here is, is kind of where my brain's starting to go. Right. Um, But does this mean that, 
with this encroaching force, does it kind of negate or at least put conflict to a world where all of the needs are met? Are they like causing the needs to not be met? Is it, Are they causing an imbalance in the ecosystem? Like it's a terrarium, right? So there's a balance to these things. And these invaders might be causing an imbalance that is devastating. I kind of like me personally, I would rather not focus too much on the outside people. Like maybe they're just starting to come. They're literally just discovering that this is here and it's a small group that hasn't like, I don't know. I don't want it to be like a full on, like the evil outsiders are coming in to swarm sure. the, the peaceful people in here and like, that sort of thing. I, I would rather have it be like a very small group of explorers who just kind of discover this place and get cut off from their world somehow. Oh, okay. Um, so they can't like drag in, you know, the entire United States military or whatever. Yeah, yeah I feel like we've done like I've seen the post-colonial kind of yeah. vibe done too many, and it seems too obvious that you'd have oh the mushroom people inside their environment are the victims and the encroaching. Right whatever is with villains. So I'm, I'm wondering, either turn it on its head or you make it about something else. So mm-hmm. to Courtney's point, I wonder if, because if, if in their group, there is someone who's from this place, it would then be about returning home. And the people mm-hmm. supporting them or exploring are not so much interested in colonizing as they are just understanding what's going on. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. like the thing in the prompt about like conflict still arises out of boredom or happenstance. Like maybe the one who wandered out onto the surface was literally just bored and wanted to see what more there was out there. And then was like, ah, shit, I'm like dying out here. I need to get back. And that's kind of how this whole thing started. So it wasn't even like an invasion from either side. Mm. It was just like, well, I'm bored today. I'm going to, I'm going to go on an adventure. (laughs) Oh, you guys are, you guys are explorers. Oh, that's crazy. I'm an explorer too. Right. Like that's Mm -hmm. how the mushroom person is like kind of talking. And I actually like that a little bit more that like there is, they're not benevolent, but they're not like straight evil either. Like, I think that's more interesting. Yeah. I love the idea that these detective agency folks bring a genuine sense of wonder and like mystery mm-hmm. to the world. I think that kind of interesting tension that we can create there is what does their introducing to the system change about the world? And, and mind you, it doesn't necessarily have to be like they are an encroaching evil invading force, but mm-hmm. rather what are the tensions that arise by their presence, right? By the sudden appearance of these explorer people. Well, you had, um, as one of your tenants, a conflict between technologies. So if the mushroom people aren't uh, antagonists and the interlopers aren't necessarily antagonists, it could be some technology they bring with them that creates a problem interfacing Mm. with the technology of this place. I know that it's against... Courtney's tenet, but is it fire related? Like, I can't help but think that, like, yeah, there's a reason that fire is banned and fire has no place in the technological world. But that was mostly for the protagonist, right? Like, if we introduce this as like this is the you know, like the tech that is destructive and forbidden, is that is that kind of the route that we want to go down? I feel like there's more interesting things we can do there. Like, I could definitely see this kind of like Columbo type detective at some point wandering around down there and like pulls out a cigar and a lighter and flicks it. And the, the explorer mushroom person is like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You can't, that that's going to destroy us all kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So that could lead to something or at least 
it would certainly make the mushroom people skeptical of uh, these people. Okay, he- hear me out on this one. Can we turn this into a religious drama or a, or a drama between two conflicting religions or maybe even just belief systems where it's like they have been shown the benevolence or at least, um, you know, non-threatening nature of fire. And so there is a shockwave that is kind of like shaking the core foundations or the foundations of belief within this system. Like, I don't know. I, I think that there's something kind of interesting there. Yeah, I guess my thought was that fire would be uh, forbidden in some way just because of like the environment that these mushroom people and the other groups down here like need to survive, like heat and or not just heat, but like the a dry heat is sort of against what mushrooms grow. And mm. so if there is a that sort of dry heat that a fire can bring, like that would just kill them potentially. Well, I, I mm. What about taking fire um, not so literally? Go on, Daniel. You've got my attention. Well, fire is what is fire like fundamentally? It's like chem- it's a conversion, chemical right? reaction. Yeah. So, what about that process is forbidden? Like it creates energy that way. Like the combustion aspect, you mean, or yeah, or the consumption of something to make something else. Yeah, okay, I'm trying to think to give you more options, right? So if it's not mm-hmm. literally setting something on fire, because if this place operates with regular physics, fires are going to happen whether they want them to or not, right? right. So maybe it's some, maybe it's not just, they call it fire, but it's it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Like it's fire as energy or fire as directed energy or something like that. Controlled fire is what they are object to. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be like a wildfire happening mm-hmm. is obviously not good for the mushrooms necessarily, but it's, it's not like it's, yeah, it's expected rather than like a controlled or created fire. That's the issue. Like a combustion engine. That would be, yeah. uh, like you're saying, Rob, that would be against their religion. Maybe like fire is forbidden, but respected. Like they mm-hmm. respect the mm-hmm. natural formation of fire. But if, if somebody is trying to like control it for themselves, that's seen as like heresy. That That's actually kind of what I was going to say when Daniel brought up the idea of a controlled burn, right? Like you're right, Daniel, like burns or fires will occur naturally. Right. And if fire is seen as like an inherently dangerous thing or like a heretical thing, controlled burns probably have to be done. First of all, controlled burns are good for the environment overall. And if controlled burns are necessary for this world, they're probably handled by like a priest class of some kind. And so to use fire outside of a religious purpose might be seen as blasphemous in some way or something. Or I was more so saying that like, like a purposefully started fire would be out. Like that's a form of control that they wouldn't want to inflict upon the fire itself. But like they will let like a wildfire burn if that makes sense. Right. But, but what I'm suggesting is that like a controlled burn, right. Is like you, you have to set it to make sure that the ecosystem is healthier and not wildly dangerous. Well, I guess it depends on what kind of environment Because like we were talking about hollow earth. I was literally picturing like damp caverns full of mushroom growth and stuff. Sure. Like the underdark sort of thing. So if everything's damp, what's the, what's the threat of fire then? Or I mean, that's the that's the issue. Like if somebody were to bring right. fire down, use it in a controlled way, 
to inflict harm, that would be bad. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're both of you are disagreeing so much as mm-hmm. in the, the degree to which which you want control over it. Because I think yeah. what you're saying is the environment fundamentally doesn't really have fires happen often. But if it does happen, it it happens, right? You can't right. Yes. Yeah. What Rob's saying is um, they might view the fire religiously and that it's something to be respected and feared. And that perhaps mm-hmm. among the mushroom class, there is a type of priest who knows how to control fire, but they don't want anyone else to do that because they know the, the implications of it. Is mm-hmm. that fair to say for both of you? Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm interested I think in so, talking yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then it seems like what we'd want is on the whole, on the average, fire doesn't really happen in this dank, underdark kind of place, except yeah. for occasionally when things get really dry, it might happen. But there mm-hmm. is a priest class who understands fire and can control it. And that's probably why they're, I would imagine, sending parties out to kill those interlopers who are using fire. <laughs> yeah. Cause those are seen as like dangerous and like unnatural and. Mm-hmm. Since there's mm. so much emphasis on like connection to the earth, they really only want stuff that is natural. Yeah. So I, I think that ties in both what you were mm-hmm. saying, Rob, about this religious distinction, right? There's a they have a religious right. understanding of these things, but then also keeping fire not too literal, because I think there we're still saying it's literally fire, it's just a matter of directed or not directed. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I mean, could this be a clash then of like technological beliefs then, right? Like if if they are so ensconced with the earth and they are in a sense like really, um, you know, like the, all all they really want or care about is this kind of connection with the earth. Like maybe they see using technology as like also kind of blasphemous or heretical, right? Like the the dinosaur technology that i was kind of getting at is is natural right you just you're using beasts of burden effectively mm-hmm. yeah so there could be another point of contention or or kind of stress between them i think so cuz if you expand the use of fire to be more than just i mean we start at the baseline of being literally fire but mm-hmm. to, if you think of like a a, a gun right. or you think of i don't know like a laptop or something they're all directing energy in some various ways yeah. And I'm sure the mushrooms don't like that either, you know? Yeah. Right. And and that's, and that's what I was suggesting as well. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm with you hundred percent on that one, Daniel. Like, yeah, it, it's metaphorical fire. Exactly, like they see, yeah. they see technology as the metaphorical fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that, does that cover both your bases? I, I was trying to find a way to, so. to linguistically yeah. bridge them. I think they're bridged. Right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, but again, I'm having trouble like finding like, the narrative thread or like the, the kind of like hook that's really got me interested in this world, you know, because it's like, okay, we've got some cool elements going on, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've got like the terrarium aspect. We've got like this conflict between like belief systems. That's all really cool. I think what's happening for me is like, I'm, I'm having trouble viewing the world or feeling lived in it. I, I, there's something missing. Do you, do you guys, do you guys feel that as well? Or am I on my own here? I think, um, I think that might happen when we have like more factions. Cause I think the hardest part of this so far was making all these tenants, which are totally disparate function as one thing. And now they yeah. are, which is right. which I, I'm surprised that we were able to do that. So like, they all fit in together as a puzzle piece, but mm-hmm. um, to your point now I have to decide, okay, we've got some characters and we've got some motivations. We don't really know what much people are about or what the story mm-hmm. is for, how it functions, mm-hmm. but those are all things that might inform 
living in this world because we want to tell it from the perspective of the people who are descended from the mushrooms, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, okay. I think now is a good time that we go back and rerun our tenants, right? Because we have, you know, like put the, put the world on our back, right? We got it. We finally, we finally smashed it all together. So I think now is a good time. Now that we understand what's going on a little bit, Courtney, you started us off. What was your first tenant? And are you feeling satisfied? Uh, mine was that they don't have blood because either through uh, divine intervention or whatever, and I think we kind of talked about the mushrooms here, um, they evolved directly from the earth and from plants. So there could be plant-oriented ones or crystal mm. or things like that um, for these protagonist groups that are out there. And I do feel satisfied with how it wound up. I think that we could definitely expand on the different types and like how yeah. they all interact. And I do like that it kind of came from or eventually stemmed from like the spores of the mushrooms mm. sort of giving life to these uh, things. That's pretty cool. And yeah, I think we could definitely build out more there. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be really cool if we kind of sat down and talked about like crystal folk or something like that for mm -hmm. a little bit. But yeah, I think that's something that we can probably do next episode. And and plus, you know, spores and mushrooms being primary is, is very helpful as well. So yeah, yeah, I also feel like with, I mean, I'm picturing like these sort of mushroom descendants, like they have little like tiny little mushroom fungus things growing out of them to kind of signify that that's where they stem from, even though their mm. entire bodies are like crystalline or whatever. Um, and that also, <laughs> did you say gross? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that also has implications for like hive mind type interactions or like shared mm. thoughts and telepathy and, and so yeah. on. I, I, yeah. When, when you're talking about this, I'm like, Oh shit. It'd be kind of interesting if the spores were like grown from a fetid like corpse of a god or something like that, or a fetid mm -hmm. corpse of like some ancient being. I think I'm probably going to do that as a faction next time, just <laughs> as a spoiler. But that that's definitely something I'm I'm suddenly very interested in. Although I don't know, I like the idea of like crystal people as well. I think that's kind of interesting as well. But yeah, there's a lot we can do there. You're absolutely right, Courtney. Um, Daniel, hit us with your first tenant. Remind us what was your first tenant. Um, the people who are in charge of this world or the overseers of it are in fact inside of it. Now question, do you feel like we've satisfied that or do you think that there's like, we're, we're missing a little bit something from that? No, I think it's pretty straightforward. They're the mushroom mm. people. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, like I was saying, like the idea that their spores have sort of gotten into everything in this mm -hmm. underdark hollow earth where like to the point where they can kind of oversee and control all sorts of things mm. from their position. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we have the hive mind aspect to it as well. If we wanted to go there. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, what was my first tenant? Um, oh, my first tenant was uh, I wanted there to be a detective agency that played a role in the story. And I feel like the exploring group uh, satisfies that tenant for me pretty well. I still think I'd like a little bit more mystery in there somewhere, but I think that that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm curious too, if they, if those explorers end up meeting up with another kind of similar detective agency underground here. And those ones are more so dealing with the like petty things that arise out of mm -hmm. boredom and happenstance. Well, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. you could even, you know, if you took at the stereotypical, uh, 
nature witch. I'm not suggesting this, but you could have um, the internal detective agency among the whatever vegetable people there are. Um, when they meet up with the detective people from the outside, they learn that there's something happening to their world that could potentially mm. kill it. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and in fact, the only way to solve that is an understanding of the technology that's forbidden. And perhaps the crossover with the person who's left and is coming back allows them to interface, you know, to solve that. So mm-hmm. that could that's be cool. a way into the story, oh. too. Yeah. Okay, here, so what about this, right? Like, what if, like, if we're going a hive mind route, right, maybe they need individuals to kind of, like, separate from the hive mind. One, to, like, alleviate boredom, right? Like, there's a sense of unknowing and a little bit of chaos in that regard. But also they need them to remove themselves from the hive mind to gather further information. And that's where the explorer kind of comes in. So now all of a sudden the narrative isn't just I need to go home. It's I need to go home because there's something important I need to share. Yeah, I like that idea of splitting off from the hive mind, like literally separating yourself from it, like pulling the the mushroom off of your head to go out oh, and do yeah. things on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also thinking when Daniel was talking about like, the understanding of technology that's uh, forbidden but might be necessary. Like, what if it's something like the the core of this earth is dying and they need to do something to, like, restart the Charging. combustion of it? Yeah, exactly. If the, if the earth core is a molten core or perhaps a fiery core, yeah. that could also be something related. Yeah, I see. Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. Obviously, like, deep under this under dark ish thing like there's the actual core of the earth and if that's dying like they need to use some of that forbidden tech Mm. to like boost it yeah look john gave me a tenant that basically forced dwarves right Mm -hmm. and honestly why not why not go full dwarf and say that they need to dig too greedily and too deep right like i feel like that's thematically appropriate for the tenant for the spirit of that tenant yeah, maybe even that's something that's kind of forbidden oh. initially in this culture because that is a form of like changing what's natural and using force and energy to change the earth mm. and to um, mold it to your own purpose. Like maybe that's kind of not really a good thing in their culture. And but maybe part of the solution to if if we go with like the core is dying, like you have to dig in to to get to the core to use combustion to start so it's like a combination of forbidden uh things that we're gonna have to deal Mm. with that's a fun that's a fun twist as well it's like you have Mm -hmm. to break the taboos in order for you to save the world like that's always Mm -hmm. a fun little thing too yeah that's cool okay okay now i'm starting to see the pieces moving together now i'm starting to get interested and excited for this yeah 100 Mm -hmm. okay speak of Let's loop around back to the second tenant. Courtney, what was your second tenant? Yeah, that was inspired by the Plangia setting, which has these very direct uh, limitations. That was that uh, the world doesn't have fire or fire is forbidden in some way. And we've definitely uh, satisfied that, I would say. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, let's be real here, right? Like when you place limitations, they're there to be broken in cool and narratively (laughs) interesting ways, right? Like that's why you put the limit. That's why Daniel comes in and every so often is like twist that knife. Like, ha ha, you think this, but not. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of Daniel, Daniel, what was your second tenet? That the, um, that the people are mushroom people. 
Oh, I don't know. Do you think we've satisfied that? I think that I've said mushroom person or mushroom people <laughs> more in this episode than I have collectively in my life. Yeah, I think that we're good on that one. I won't be satisfied until we have um, the uh, live action Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> there, I could go so many ways with that. Also, mushrooms are delicious, Daniel. You're out of your mind. You're thinking of canned mushrooms, which are disgusting and slimy, but like, Regular mushrooms are awesome, especially good morel. Oh, give me a good morel. Morels are so fucking. I've had mushroom. I've seen and tasted mushrooms in prepared dishes, and I've definitely not had them in cans because that's even more disgusting. Oh no! In general, they're all disgusting. My boyfriend hates mushrooms too. Your boyfriend hates a lot of things. Your boyfriend hates eggs. Fungus. Like, why are we eating fungus? First of all, (laughs) we have nothing else to eat on this earth that does not (laughs) literally grow out of cracks and disgusting like fermentation or whatever ew okay wait is this why you hate vegetables because they grow in the ground i don't hate vegetables i like vegetables what are you talking about we have a whole episode about that on the aphid lounge about your yeah, weird preferences I don't like certain things that are gross mm-hmm. exactly that. and they're weird anyway okay let's let's wrap it up okay okay yeah. my second tenet was there is a conflict between two types of technology the dinosaur based one and the more traditional steam power or locomotive based one. And again, I feel like that has been thoroughly explored. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think so. And like, I could even see like in the past or throughout the history of this hollow earth, like maybe people have experimented with that forbidden locomotive tech and like have been kind of pushed down, but I'm sure there's like sects of it kind of still floating around there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I suppose now is where we roll the twist and pick us off next time. Is that right? Y'all feel good about that? Yeah. Great. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and roll our twist. And our twist for this time is Killian Murphy with a parenthesis that says, <laughs> thanks, Courtney. <laughs> what the fuck? I forgot that that was on the list now. That is that is absolutely on the list. So our twist is Killian Murphy. Our right. Options are nuclear bombs or zombies. That's basically what that's made. You've got so many more than there's, that, Daniel. Yeah, there's sunshine, which is literally about oh. restarting the sun. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. See, look, Killian Murphy. Surprising. What else is he in? He's one of my favorites. He's Peaky in like Blinders. Yeah, Peaky he Blinders. Also, he was also the Scarecrow in the Batman Begins. Oh movie. yeah, he was. Yeah. Scarecrow. He was also Red Eye in the movie Red Eye. Uh, (laughs) I haven't seen that, but I've heard it's actually pretty decent. I mean, it's got Killian Murphy. It can't be that bad. Uh, He was in Dunkirk. uh, Oh, he was in Dunkirk. All the movies did not see. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, look, we'll have plenty of time to research Killian Murphy later after this episode. So let's wrap it up. Uh, remember that if you want us to build your world, if you want us to Killian Murphy your world, go ahead and go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, where you can click the link, follow some instructions, and within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. Go ahead and go and subscribe to us on YouTube. Leave a comment and like and all that other stuff that makes me hate myself. Also, you can join us on Twitter at Let's World Build, or you can come and talk to us more directly through our Discord with the link for that in the description. Of course, if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon where you get access to sweet, sweet bonus goodies. All sorts. Go take a look. 
you know, if you're vaguely interested in some of the content, go just go take a peek over there just for a little bit. And with all of that, a big thank you to Johnny Law for this particular prompt. That's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week. Thank you.